Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion, Episode 3, Betrayal. Ooh, sounds, sounds ominous for some folks, but we'll get into that in a second. First, I have the super producer with me, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well, but am I really the super producer? Have I been replaced by a squirrel? Ask me a question, only I would know. Uh, Jake... What? Uh, how do you Bears think about- are good in my friend. Don't worry, it's actually me. It's me. Bears are great. I'm a big fan of them. Was, no was, one else could lie I about that. I was literally about to ask about the bears, but you got to ask about bears. That's yes, the thing that's yes. twisted my heart. Yes, that's the thing. And and joining us this week, uh, friend of the show, our guy Rod. Rod hey. from the Black Guy Who Tips Pod. Rod, how you doing, man? Welcome back. Good, good, great. Thanks for having me. We appreciate. I appreciate uh, y'all calling me up. You know. Of course, of course, and. As customary, when we have a guest who hasn't come on during a series run, we ask them what they've thought of the series so far. So give me your general thoughts on Secret Invasion, and I also have a question to ask you once you're done. Okay, yeah. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it. I, I mean, I love Marvel stuff. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. It's just, I'm just such a Marvel like stand at this point. Um, <laughs> I try to watch other things. I'm just like, uh, I could be watching something from Marvel. Um, but uh, for this one, like, we're getting to the storylines that for comic books, this wasn't necessarily one of my favorite storylines. Like, I low key, like, if so, I, my mind is always just thinking too many conspiracies when people can be other people. You know, it's like, uh, it's like when Mission Impossible had that one Mission Impossible where everyone had a mask and you're just like, what? What? My brain was exploding. And so this feels like in a weird way, I want to get to the finish line so I can go back and rewatch it and know who was infiltrating who, when, and where. So right now I'm, uh, I, like I said, I'm more powering through it than really like, because my brain won't let me truly enjoy it. That being said, I am enjoying some of the like, Nick Furyisms, you know, like Sam Jackson is in his full Sam Jackson bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you out of your reptilian ass mind? <laughs> is just like a bar. Uh, all the washed that he's doing, just oh like the way that this man looks so like like he needs a nap every oh. day <laughs> is so good. Yeah. And uh, I'm just in, I'm enjoying that, and I, I like some of the subtext that they're leaking with like race versus um you know being a different like alien species and and immigration versus like assimilation and stuff so I, i'm liking that the things they're i'm liking the toys they're playing with in this show yeah i i feel like it to this point and we'll get into it more when we talk about this episode in general i feel like i won't necessarily say it was a missed opportunity here but i feel like the momentum that off of last week kind of stayed like, it, mm-hmm. it didn't go up, mm-hmm. didn't go down, and it's kind of an even keel, but we'll get to that part later. So, uh, Jake tried to team me up last week uh, when yeah. we were talking about um, Mr. Rhodes and that little conversation that Rhodes and mm-hmm. Fury had. So, mm-hmm. I have not made my... I, I've kind of made my feelings clear about how I feel about Mr. Mr. Rhodes and okay. uh, his quote-unquote respectability politics, uh, generally speaking. So, now, if I, if I may ask... How how exactly, how far do you think this Rhodes thing goes? In some ways, I would akin him, I would give him the nickname Kuhn Takente. And <laughs> emphasis on the Kuhn. 
So this is what I love about Marvel's race writing because I think yes. um I think the easy out is just to make every black character like super progressive, pro black, like Black Lives Matter, you know, whatever. And I think that's such a like waste of having so many black characters. Mm-hmm. So I like that they're like having idealistic head to head like like kind of like those inner conversations we have within the race you know what i mean i like yeah. that they're having them and i liked when it was Rody and sam and they were and they were dis, you know they were like kind of they were like disagreeing but also commiserating and just the idea of like yo man our country we've done a lot and we it's not they are not loving us back you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i kind of like that i like sam's inner conflict and turmoil over like being the symbol of America, but also being like a black man and that can't get a loan for his boat. You know what I mean? Like, I love that stuff. So I felt like Rhodey versus uh, Nick in in that one conversation was just so full of pathos and like black acting school, you know, it's just like, (laughs) listen, brother, I'm in. You you know, like, I love that stuff. Um, But so to... To Rhodey's, um, to Rhodey's credit, I would say that Nick Cannon is, a, I mean, Nick Fury is a loose cannon, um, yeah. and who who has done super power hungry authoritarian stuff in the past, yeah. and is currently on the outs with the government, right? And Rhodey, the dude who's always felt like I can work this thing from the inside, I can figure this thing out, his contempt for Fury's like ego is what i picked up like it didn't feel like it was necessarily his race it felt more like a bruh that like you're you had your turn i'm handling this don't eat, like stay in your lane and of course nick fury who is super coded black it's sam jackson i think he, he can't even order coffee without it being super black to me <laughs> when he's when he's saying even when i'm out i'm in it really could be seen as just like an egomaniac thing, right? Like if it was Tony Stark saying that, we'd be like, this yeah. guy, he thinks he can just run everything. But it's something about him, Nick Fury, that just I, I'm on his side, whether it whether it really makes sense or not. So I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily I didn't put Rhodey in the full like sellout lane, but mm-hmm. I'm not on his side, and I can't tell if that's just because I like Sam Jackson, Nick Fury so damn much that I'm like he must be right, or if, or if like somewhere in that you know thing, Rhodey had a point. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the thing about it is for for me, especially with the whole is Rhodes a scroll thing in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, like if this if that's actually the case. That Skrull did an incredible job of assimilating Rhodey yeah. and becoming that much of a coon to Kente. Um, well, here's my question to you: yeah, If he is a, if he is indeed a Skrull, how long do you think he would have been a Skrull? Okay, so this is this. We had a good conversation about yeah, this. This last was week. a long topic last week. This was no, I, I no, and, and I, I can and do I'm, more of it now. But I, yeah, it's definitely a thing that's been weighing on our minds. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I do feel like the answer that I gave last week, I do think definitely sometime after the events of Endgame. I do mm-hmm. think that's when it happened. Same. 
I yeah. I would have a very hard time believing that this happened way back in Iron Man two or yeah. even Civil War after that right. and, and stuff like that because we saw kind of Rhodey having the I mean I remember in Infinity War he still had the he had kind of like the exoskeletons yeah. uh, suit on his pants you know with yeah. dealing with the stuff with his uh, his back injury and spine injury but yeah I would say after Endgame this is when this happened. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need it to be that because if it's not, I'm gonna be upset. Just because a lot too much of like Rhodey's dialogue and stuff has been grounded in like being black. Even even if you're not on his side, like a lot of his stuff is still like as a black man working from the inside on this country that I don't necessarily mm-hmm. trust. Uh, I don't feel like a scroll can speak that fluently in race. With you know being from a whole other planet, and we go back like ten years and go, yeah, he was always a scroll. I, I think I would be so like, what, yeah, like what is happening of, here? Because yeah. I I think yeah. the thing is Marvel. I think a lot of times people will speculate about like big plot twists that Marvel will do like that. But the thing is, they actually never do that because right. they they're not. It's I, I can't you can't think of a time where Marvel did a plot twist that completely upended something that big because I think right. that they know that that kind of narratively cheapens a lot of stuff. Like a lot of the interactions that Rhodey had with Tony would just be like, Oh, this, that was just some scroll lying. Like that's always lame. And so like, yeah, like the two second shock value of being like, Oh my God, this character has been a scroll this whole time. Like, okay, cool. But then when you watch pivotal scenes in the first Iron Man movies, you're like, Oh, so this has no emotional weight whatsoever. This is mm-hmm. just an alien trying right. to fit in. Like that's no, always really lame. And, the and the way about, I would, yeah. oh, the only way I would accept it is if instead of it being Don Cheeto in the tank, it is yeah. our man Terrence Howard in the tank, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a complete retcon to where Terrence Howard is now playing the Don Cheeto role, and it's mm-hmm. just like, oh my god, they did it right before our eyes. He didn't even look like Terrence. Mm-hmm. We should have known the whole time, you know, but. Uh, I mean, I'm joking because obviously everyone would go crazy. But my point being, like, I, I I'm with you. I think if you retcon it too far, it gets like cheesy and inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So I just needed to have happen like somewhere around maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That would make the most you know. sense. And it's yeah. not like Rhodey has had radical politics beforehand. He was like, like he's a colonel in the military, and right. like he put on that Iron Patriot suit. He knew he knew right. what it looked like. Right. So like, right. He's... right. Like him and Sam made more sense as being friends. Like him when when he showed up in this, like my first thing seeing like two black dudes on the screen, I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a cool scene. Then as soon as they started talking, I was like, oh wait, no, 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 Rhodey's not that cool. He's not. <laughs> no, he's like, not. <laughs> Don Cheadle's a cool guy, but he's right. Rory's not cool, and you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I th- I think, but before we get to the before we get to the the episode three, one thing that I did think about, kind of like the long term, the long term kind of plotting of this is, so we have the based off of what happened at, at the end of Endgame and into No Way Home with the the Stark tech missing mm-hmm. and Rhodes presumably we think is a scroll. Mm-hmm. What happens when Rhodey comes back? Obviously we have armor wars at some mm-hmm. point there. Mm-hmm. It feels like they are setting up that story with mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. the Stark tech missing and, and all of that. So that's just kind of like a little nugget that I think about every, every now and then as this, this mystery unfolds, but I'm, I'm excited to see how they, how they tell us that story and how they unfold that when we, 
finally get to what the deal is with Rhodey. But nonetheless, Betrayal, episode three, there is... So Jake and I were on the Discord yesterday talking a bit about the episode after we watched it. And my general feel coming away from it was I felt like, hey, I didn't have a problem with the material that was on the screen. However, I did feel like this episode was poorly edited in the sense that it felt like there was a scene, there was a scene, there was a scene, there was a scene, there wasn't a scene. It just didn't feel cohesive to me. It just didn't feel like it all added up and made sense. I even mm. thought the episode ended kind of funky yes. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a weird, like abruptly in that sense. So uh, I'll ask you, Rod, and then Jake, you can go after. What did you think generally of this episode and how it, it went for you? Um, I'm like I said, I'm I'm kind of I'm with you in the fact that it felt a bit disjointed, and the theme that I keep, like I said, I almost want them to finish it and then I want to go back because part of me feels like it could be purposely disjointed, like mm-hmm. we're supposed to feel a little off in every scene because they're gonna go back and be like, when Nick Fury has the glasses, he's a, that's a scroll or you know or something, and then we're gonna be like, mm-hmm. oh, so that's why he was talking to Talos like they hadn't just gotten a big fight like three seconds ago. Yeah. But if they don't do that, then I'm just going to go back and be like, well, that's just bad writing because this character doesn't acknowledge that they're not currently cool. And he, Nick Fury is like, almost like the, the button got reset the way he's talking yeah. to Talos. Like, even in the car, it's like, bro, y'all had this fight before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why? don't act surprised that he's bringing it up. So, uh, yeah, some of it feels disjointed to me. Um, the Don Cheadle voice on the phone reveal was like, um, to me, it was a good cliffhanger ending. But as yeah. y'all said, it didn't feel like it. It felt like yeah. It, if the next episode was called Betrayal Part Two, it would make a lot of sense. I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, because like that's half the story. Yeah, uh, that, that y'all were trying to tell. Not to cut you, but it felt like yeah. it felt like a scene that would lead to another scene later in the episode as opposed yes. to something that would end an episode. I fast-forwarded yes. through the credits because I thought, like, there's going to possibly be a scene after this that, like, is the real ending or whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it. I mean, we're very much in the middle of the story. That's how it feels to me. Right. right? They, like, they're kind of... I'm glad it's only six episodes, but they're kind of doing that thing where it's like, we need to drag some of these plot lines out a little mm-hmm. further before we start wrapping them up. And I think if it wasn't for the scrolls and the shape shifting, it it wouldn't be so frustrating to me. But because I don't know who is who, when and when, it I I'm more frustrated than intrigued at this moment. And I kind of mm. want them to wrap like when they wrap it up, I I'll feel better. Uh, but but that being said, some of the revelations that we did get, uh, you know, obviously Rhodey being somehow involved in the scroll network, that's good. Um, the extremist moment, yeah, was like so, as knowing how I feel about Iron Man three, like uh, I, it was like a good callback. I was like, oh, he like me and my wife were watching. I was like, he mm-hmm. got it, he got the. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about <laughs> yeah, that. The fact moment. that they mentioned it. Super Scrolls for the first time, right? So we like it's it's like I'm I'm getting the vibes of like man, we might be getting some real Super Scroll action and stuff if, if, later in the series. So I'm looking forward to like the more action stuff, but. The spy intrigue stuff felt um, a little bit like we were uh, stretching. Like the entire submarine plot felt like a big ass, like we're just stretching this 
to 20 minutes when it should be like four, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's fair. I do have a point on something that you said, but I'll get to it in a second. I want to hear yeah. Jake's thoughts. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I felt like it was, I mean, I just hate to go back to this beating the same horse over and over again, but it felt like it was not a well-written episode of television. Like the things that happen in it, I don't necessarily have an issue with. It just, the medium of writing television, the medium of writing a third episode of a six episode season is different than writing the third sixth of a movie. You know what I mean? Like, you ha- it has to, it's just not propulsive. The scenes just feel like they happen next to each other. Like, Ron, I think you're right about some of the energy being weird, but yeah. like that I can deal with. Even if the energy was good in all of the scenes, the scenes going in the order they do feels like they had to cut a lot of scenes out for some reason or another. Like, mm-hmm. if you told me like, oh, there was a minor actor in ten, five of the scenes that got canceled, they needed to cut it out, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> That's why... But, like, for example, an example I think about is, like, when Gravik goes to meet with Gaia briefly and says we'll be leaving tomorrow at, like, 7, and that's in, like, the middle of the afternoon, in any television show where you have multiple plot lines, you cut to another plot line that's still happening during that day. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they cut right from that afternoon to then the next morning at 7 o'clock in the morning. Like, that, I refuse to believe that's how it was written. Like, there had to be a scene somewhere in between. Like, I think that there's just – it just feels – very sloppy and like i said just like it's not intentionally written as an episode of television it feels like it is written as a chunk of a movie that they put into it and that wasn't a huge problem with the first two but it's something you notice in middle episodes because sometimes middle parts of movies are a little slower they drag a little bit if there's a lot of plot to get through and it's like i feel like this episode was like 44 minutes was the shortest one um and Mm -hmm. it honestly could have been much shorter it didn't need to be uh as nearly as long it felt like um they were just having a lot of the same conversations over again. And mm-hmm. um, it was just disappointing because I felt like that they kind of had some places to go. And it's not like if you describe what happens in this episode, this episode should not be one that feels inert until the last 10 minutes. But it does. It just feels like, okay, we're still table setting. I thought that's what the first two episodes are for. And so, yeah, I, I frankly didn't really enjoy it until the last 10 minutes. I was kind of just like, why? The, I'm fine. I'll watch these actors act against each other, but um, when are we going to see some stuff? Like, yeah, this is episode three, but most of only a little bit of the show should be table setting. Most of the show should be stuff happening. Well, I think think you make a great point. Uh, Just real quick, I'm sorry. You make Hmm. a great point in that, like, some of the plot lines to me feel like if it was a movie, you could have spent five minutes on it. But since you made it six episodes of TV, you got to spend like 30 minutes on it. Like, like you have to pick between like literally nothing at all or like this is an episode now. And like a good point, a good one you, you made me think about is Fury's wife. It felt like really forced for like last week. It was like, oh, he's had this secret wife and this bond with this person and she's a scroll. And like, this is going to be a super deep thing. And then like within five minutes, it's like. Yeah, so we I've barely been around. I retired. I went to space. Um, you've been here this whole time. And it felt like exposition. Like, we just need to explain to the audience yeah. why I've never truly been with this woman the whole time. And then immediately, because of how they explain it, you're like, she's probably like us on the scroll side now. Like, this dude is like really let her down <laughs> as the representation of humanity. Um, so, so it's like, where do you even go with this character? And and it just happens that fast. And, and I think that that scene in particular do- doesn't really work. One, because, and obviously there are exceptions, but like Samuel L. Jackson is 
God love him, is a pretty asexual actor. Like, I just really, it's a hard time for me to ever to buy that he has a romantic relationship with people on screen. He just doesn't have that energy. Um, and that's like, that's not a criticism. There, I mean, yeah. you could say the same thing about the last 20 years of Tom Cruise. Um, and so I think that it's, they, I needed specifics of why are they together? What is this? What is this betrayal? Because all we know is that they were married and they had like one, we see one flirty scene back in 1998. But like, do they really feel like an old married couple? Like, it doesn't feel lived in at all. And well, I they, feel that's like... That's the thing. They aren't really an old married couple. Exactly. Like, they, like they, He's been gone the whole time. What is this marriage? And why did you decide to put this in the show? Like, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know what this decision he's, was on the was, higher up. There are other people in Fury's life you could have other than a wife that could be a scroll. Like, it, we don't need right. the scroll. I mean, sorry, we don't need the, a wife. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, the funny part about that is when you get the when you get the Talos line later in the episode where he goes, "Well, I didn't go with Gravit because I went with you." That felt more like a bond. That yes. felt like more of yes. a real substantial yeah. thing. Him and Gravit arguing in the car feels more like an old married couple than him and his wife arguing yeah. over breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I think you're, I think the point about Talos is great too because it's like that is the central relationship of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is the most interesting part of the, the most interesting dynamic in the show to me is the fact. And I like I think that is actually my favorite scene in the episode was when Talos just was like, I did it because of you. Like, I think that that's I mean, mm-hmm. I'm the person who I think the ending of Tenet is one of the most emotional things I've ever seen in my life. So anyone saying they did something just because they're friends is always going to get mm-hmm. to me. But mm-hmm. like, I think that it. That Ted. Having that in contrast with a wife, which we're supposed to like hear as more important, it's like right. no, I actually just Fury's definitely spent more time with Taylor than this woman. Fury yeah, definitely right. is a closer bond to Taylor, and like yeah, obviously romantic bonds are different, but like I definitely believe that he's closer to Taylor than he is this woman. Why do we yeah. need? And so it's just kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know. I understand what they're trying to do, but I just it's I'm, tough. Yeah, it's, it's 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 too many stuff in the air, and, and I don't, and also. Nick Fury mm-hmm. is super espionage agent. It's hard for me to believe he has this person so close in proximity to him that can easily like betray him and in this way, like his wife is going to meet with Gravik, and it's just like out of nowhere. Like I know he's washed, but I'm like, bro, you're not you can't be that washed, bro. Like you're a super spy. You have to be on top of this. So maybe they like I don't want to completely trash it in that. I can see a way to re- to like redeem this thing in the future of okay, yeah. we meant for you to feel this way. And when you go back, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, she always fell off because this thing was happening in the background. But right now, it doesn't feel good. I think the biggest problem, for, at least for me, as I've watched these three episodes, is the fact that in each one, All of these characters tell Fury, you haven't been here, you haven't been here, you haven't been here, you haven't been here. Why haven't we got yet the why? Because it's it's one thing to, oh, I'm going up to build a space station, whatever, for a couple years. The the stinger at the end of Far From Home. At some point, there has to be an explanation as to why he stayed up there so long, especially from people who he seems to care about on some level to a degree and yeah you can easily go with the whole the blip happened and i'm a different person or whatever 
But at the same time, the echoing statement from every single character that he's interacted with in this series has been the same. And we haven't got that answer yet. And because we haven't gotten that answer, it does feel repetitive. And it does feel like we're not understanding exactly what Fury's motivations are. Why would you come? Why Why are you back? Why do you need this moment to come back? And then why? There's a lot of whys that haven't been answered as of yet but i think the other point that i wanted to get to which both of you made was about the tv writing issue Mm -hmm. and i think that marvel tv uh mcu tv this disney plus era has been hurt by the six episode rigidity that they've generally focused on why do i think that she hulk did a lot better because they were able to spread that thing out and be a little bit longer and tell a story we got to know jennifer we got to know who she was and it was written by tv writers that too. Why, and, it was, uh, why, and it was nine episodes when they yeah. set out to do 10. They had the freedom to be able to say, no, this is the yeah. right amount of episodes to tell a story. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even though, I mean, even something like WandaVision, which mm-hmm. you could make the argument that in the end, it kind of it kind of suffered a bit. Mm-hmm. But I do think the nine episodes allowed mm-hmm. us to get to know Wanda yeah. and mm-hmm. get to understand her and everything that she's gone through to that point to get a real feel of the character. Six episodes ain't enough time to get to know these people. Mm-hmm. And th- that, that's the thing. Like, at the end of the day, like, they describe this, and this is them, mm-hmm. the, the writers and mm-hmm. Kevin Feige, everybody who's talked about this series. We're getting to know a different part of Nick Fury. I feel like we haven't gotten that yet, and we still have three, we have three episodes left. And by the time that happens, we're now at a point where you got, you got potential scroll roadie mm-hmm. you got the the talos the gaia the graphic of it all you have mm-hmm. all of these kind of big plot lines around it but your central one with fury still feels like it's it's very distant and yeah. you it's don't tough. think it should be that way if you're if you're supposedly building a series around nick mm-hmm. fury and there's not enough plot to fill up the gaps it's one of those things where it's like bob Iger, listen in. if you want to solve your financial problems with Marvel. This, I'm, I don't, there's no public budget for the show, but it has to be probably over a hundred million dollars since all of these shows are. And it's because they have to do, you know, they're doing, you know, six hours of television, basically. Can anyone in good conscience tell me that they, this wouldn't be better as a $75 million movie with that's like just two hours long? Like, right. I know they'll never do it because they, because investors are scared of the idea of something that's not supposed to be a billion dollar thing. But like, I would much rather see a two-hour spy thriller with Nick Fury because then you you don't you don't have you don't need to have all of these empty gaps where we're asking these questions because the plot is condensed enough to keep us interested. But yeah, like right. there is just not enough plot to make me not wonder that. And I think I think the answer of why Nick Fury's up there ultimately will be something about him being traumatized because of the blip or whatever. But yeah. like give us something that says that. Like I understand he's not a guy who's gonna sit on a therapy couch and open up his feelings, but like yeah. It's we're halfway through the show. I want to know, like I'm, I, I I'm just not. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna do the Nick Fury show, I'm really not interested in watching three episodes where he keeps acting like the same old Nick Fury. Like, why he, I, he's the main character. I want to see more of him. I don't really know more of his interiority now than I do at the beginning. I know more facts about him, I guess. But like, yeah, like have him, and I'm sure they're gonna have this. But I think that like in episode two, they should have had him break down to Talos and talk about what he's going through. And I think that that would have made betrayals later on worse or whatever. But I feel like they're just, it's just, 
it is just frustrating to watch where, like you said, the, the conflict he's having with everyone is that he's been gone for five years. And it's not just that he's lying about where he's been. He refuses to touch the issue. And so it's like, okay, so what are we just in a holding pattern until you feel like having the scene where you tell us? Yeah. And, and you don't also, have the time for it. It's, it's mostly been people that throughout the history of, of Marvel, it's not really people that are close to him. Only Talos is the only one that's close to him in the series. Like the wife is new to us. Yeah. Guy is new to us. Um, him and Rhodey was never tight like that, you know, for, for yeah. it to be like this broken bond or whatever. Um, so I think he said he was scared. I'm actually hoping there's a better, bigger motivation. And that's just like a cover story of something else. You know, like I'm hoping it's not as simple as like I had PTSD. I like Nick Fury, not like that feels so opposite of his character like you know what i mean like right, uh, right. i love the line of i had a midlife crisis i what is you know it got the avengers for my midlife crisis like that's a nick fury bar to me not right. this i was scared so i just left my wife in earth uh because of the blip just seems so ridiculous to me and then the other thing i wanted to bring up as an aside was i have yeah, a sure. friend who just started watching agents of shield and he just texted me today because he was like so he was like Yo, this is really good. And I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But you know what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had working for it? It had like 20 episodes, 13 episodes. Like, yeah. they could they could flesh out your B characters with like background and story. They could flip something on his head halfway through a season. Six episodes, while it's cool to get A-list stars like Sam Jackson and Ben yeah. Miller, the limits of six episodes does hurt some of oh. these shows because you – you're either stretching things that people don't care about and you're not able to invest enough resources into making them care, which is, which is the, the, that's the hard part. Right. Cause like you could make me care about Nick Fury having a wife, but yeah, you just right. need more time. Um, yeah. or, or you end up with this thing where you're like mushing everything in his six episodes. Cause Sam Jackson ain't got time for all that. And I feel like that's what we're, we're all expressing right now. The, the greatest trick the dev devil ever pulled was convincing my generation, well, you know the British system where they only do six episodes seasons is better. No, give me 24 episodes of everything. I don't care. I don't care if there's going to be episodes right. about the fifth most important character filing his taxes. Let the show right. breathe. Like, that's what's fun. Like, you know why 15-year-olds are still binging The Office? It's because there's like 200 fucking episodes of it. Stop it. Stop right. it. I don't... I want 22 episodes of things. Yeah. I don't care if you don't get Sam Jackson. And also... And uh. it's also not like they're getting the TV that's being produced now is costing more than the 22 right. episode seasons. It's yeah. so yeah. stupid. And I want to yeah. see, like, I don't know if, if y'all watch Agents of Shield or not, but I there's did, like I a did to a, to a point. Okay, yeah. there's a betrayal in like season one that flips the whole damn show on his head. Yeah. And, and they, it was like it was it well executed. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it I was agree. well executed. And now I'm like, can you do that in six episodes? I don't think you can because there's like a level of like routine. Right, not for it to mean anything. Yes, like there's a level of like you get used to it as an audience and like 13 episodes of getting used to a character being away and then bam, that feel that stings different than like three episodes or in this case with, with Fury's wife, I'd even, I'd really say one episode because like we literally yeah. met her at the end of the last episode. By the end of this episode, she's like, I might be Team Scrolls, and you're like, yeah. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I think the best thing Jake said was propulsion because mm -hmm. you should be building towards something. And right now, they built to a point and it's just like, all right, we're gonna stay right here. And it's like, mm -hmm. eh? no, nah, we can't. We gotta, we gotta keep building towards something substantial. Mm -hmm. I think the one thing that 
at least felt like it, it it built some more tension and conflict is Gravik and Talos because yes. this is the first time that we that was good. actually get to see these two characters talk. They have a they have a really um, spirited conversation and debate about dealing with humans, which obviously Gravik is on one side and Talos is on the other. And I think this was the first time that Gravik felt a little bit. He felt this was the first person that was on even ground with Gravik because Gravik has mm-hmm. felt to this point like somebody who's like two three steps ahead of mm-hmm. everybody that he's dealt with so far. But Talos, hey, listen, right. watch the agenda. He, he's an old pro. He's out mm-hmm. here. He, he's been in these streets for, mm-hmm. for a while. That old so man strength on him for a second. Like he jumped yeah. on that Listen, that, that, that dad's strength is no joke, especially when <laughs> you, yeah, don't you, talk about you don't my, want you talk about my daughter. Keep his daughter's name out your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like that scene because it did show that Talos is like, you know, he is Nick Fury's psychic and there's a lot of fun stuff with him. But it's like he is in a lot of ways like the George Washington to this population. Like they were refugees. Like he, and obviously now he's controversial to them, but it's like, he's not a fool. He is a, he like, basically the, I feel like his energy was like, don't let my morality and generosity towards humans confuse you into thinking that I'm an idiot and I'm soft. Like I, I'm a general. I have fought Creed. Like I'm not, you know, that you think that you're Basically, it feels like a thing that happens a lot in actual politics and all sorts of situations of like, you think that the extremeness of your views means that you have more resolve than I do. And that's not how that works. Like, yeah, I loved, I love that because that was the first time he really felt like a general to me. And, and like yeah. in this entire run, even back to, to like Captain Marvel, that was the first time I was like, oh, that's why they there was a choice people had to make between him and Gravik. And when he popped up on Buddy, like, all right now, like, you're getting a little too froggy. I really, I really enjoyed that moment. Um, and then the, and then the other thing too that I'm taking from this scenes with Gravik, Scrolls can't get diabetes, right? Because the amount of sugar this man puts <laughs> in his drinks, he gonna lose a foot by episode six. If, if so I guess radiation and sugar don't bother them. No, he'll grow up back with the extremists. He's fine. He'll just grow up back. <laughs> oh man, that was yeah. That 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 was great. Um, now nah, it, it reminded me of uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character in Men in Black with the shit. With the shit. Sugar, water. <laughs> That's a great honestly, job he should have got an Oscar nomination for that. Strict, legitimately, that is a thing that I will say until the end of time. It's one of the best yeah. performances in a big movie ever. Anyway, sorry. You yeah, yeah. He, he totally went there. Like this, this is one of them people that you look up. You like, oh, this dude really like method acting up in here. Yeah, he's like, like some people are like, oh yes, I method acted to uh, play this like very complex human character. It's like, yeah, I method acted to play a bug alien. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a jerk on set to anybody no i was just no. going around asking about sugar yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think the i think the other part of of this scene which is kind of like a larger a larger uh component of this is is gaia and mm. i have to say that i thought that the end of this episode when she gets shot I thought her escape plan was terrible. You're a scroll. Change into somebody else or try or at least <laughs> attempt to change into somebody else instead of going by yourself as yourself to easily yeah, get I, recognized. Well, so, like one, it like this is why the scroll thing bothers me. Cause like yeah. that could technically be another scroll 
because all of them could be each other. We saw everybody turn into graphic. And then the other thing is, like, we saw her see the Super Scroll stuff, and we know Extremist is how uh, Gravik healed himself. So if she got some of that Super Scroll in her, she could just, like, wait two minutes and then be like, I'm going to heal myself, and he's he thinks she's dead and she's not. And if that's the case, then it's like, how does Gravik not know that? Because, like, this is the thing that's a good point. that underpins Gravik. Like, this is the one thing that makes Gravik not as formidable a big bad to me. I don't like how he don't really watch uh, Gia. Gaia. Like, he let her Gaia. do too much. Gaia, I'm sorry. I, he let her do too much. Yeah. Like, for a dude that's suspicious of her, mm-hmm. she has a lot of autonomy within this. Like, he, he like, stay in the car, I'll be right back. No, bro, you don't trust her. What are you doing? Yeah. Other scrolls should be watching her or something. And, like, the fact that her dad called her and she immediately, like, kills three scrolls and, like, gets to, you know, like, goes in and gets the guy's memory. I'm like, do you yeah, trust the fact, her or not? The fact that I just rewatched mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven last week and made the technology then to intercept to see who was calling a certain cell phone and Gravik doesn't have that now to see who's calling Gaia? Come on. Let's not be yeah. stupid. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, cause he's so, like y'all said, in other scenes, he feels five steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. And then it's yeah. just, like, unless they're gonna be like, he loved Gaia or something, I don't get how this is even a problem for him. He's like, he already is suspicious of her from like the first scene of this show and then he's just like i'll turn my back on you for about 10 minutes for the plot uh you go ahead and advance the plot over there and uh, i'll come back and pretend to be stupid yeah yeah and i i think again this speaks to um i think the idea if she's gonna be if she's gonna be alive then you didn't you don't need to do the the she gets shot thing yeah Yeah, I, i don't think it's it's necessary to I would prefer if she actually found a way to escape cleverly. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you do feel like there's some type of advancement against Gravik because Gravik to this point mm-hmm. has has been kind of head and shoulders above and ahead of folks. So you, you want to give advantages. And again, this kind of builds towards something. Gaia picks a side. She picks right. a side as opposed to kind of what this has looked like so far. And, like you know that scene where yeah. she pretends to be the old man and then she's like in the car waiting on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she passes. That would have been phone. a great yeah. scene for her to completely disappear. Like where yeah. you're just like, she's the old man. He gets back to the car. She's gone. He's like, there's oh. a yeah. He grabs some other old man. Like, hey, and it's just a regular dude. Like, what, buddy? And then you're like, oh, she picked the side and she's dipping and she knows a lot of information about the plot. Her showing up to get shot just feels like. Well, what were both of y'all thinking? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah the, the, and the more that I think about it, just generally with this series, and it didn't really hit me in the first episode, but now it's kind of hit me. This is kind of uh, a spy show for dummies, and I and I yes. mean it in the and I mean it in the in the lamest terms. It's just like. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of really dumbing it down for us and having it watered down as opposed to doing the stuff that Captain America Winter Soldier did. Can I quote a tweet? Mm-hmm. That I don't remember who tweeted it, but I thought it was a really mm-hmm. good way of putting it. It's a political thriller that insists on not having politics. Yeah. I mean, I was, that's the problem. Like, you, you're doing a political thriller where all of the actual political issues are made up. And so they're like, even the Winter Soldier deals with real, actual political things. I mean, yeah. And that was the thing. Yeah, I, I saw that tweet and I thought, it's not just it's not a lack of politics it's marvel politics right like yeah. it's it's the politics they've set up in this world that is mm-hmm. like they 
I think when we live in a world that is so highly political, where like people yeah. are losing rights on a Friday because of the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. it feels like the stakes are somehow lower in the Marvel universe. Even though we're talking yeah. about a, a, a interspecies a invasion of a planet, and we're like, yeah, man, I don't know, dog. It don't seem like it's that. <laughs> Especially because <laughs> the, the, the real life analogs of like refugees and stuff like that yeah. are obviously there. But it feels almost like they are aggressively avoiding bringing that up. Like yes. it's like, right. like there's not like if there was a this this is the easiest fix in all a stock general character who knows about the scrolls who was like there will not be a single scroll coming on our shore we don't let them in this place. like yeah. just have that have a bit where you can like oh this is a metaphor about this but like it's exclusively not it like it honestly feels like they don't want to even touch that because they think that's yes. too and it's just like. And why the fuck are you doing a show also, about and, and like I can see mm-hmm. that I know people would definitely take it offensively because these are the refugees mm-hmm. coming to another planet and then deciding to take over the fucking planet, yeah, which is like right. every horrible stereotype of and conspiracy. Yes, so like I, I, they're clearly I, scared. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not. I'm agreeing yeah, with you. Yeah, they're clearly scared of that. So instead, we have to have this like nebulous like conversation. But what? But I think what really complicates it is when they do interject like these racial things mm-hmm. about being mm-hmm. black, which are grounded in like actual mm-hmm. reality, not just Marvel reality. And you're like, yeah. you have no problem expanding on the racial metaphors, but this, mm-hmm. this immigrant refugee metaphor, y'all are like clearly stepping over stuff. Like, oh no, we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. That that's that is such a great point because I mean look at the Fury Road scene from last week. You get the stuff. They're mm-hmm. giving it to you in that scene. They're talking about everything that you want to hear. And I and and I noticed it because everybody online, including myself, was kind of shocked mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. on a Marvel TV show. So to get that, and then they're doing the talk around thing that they're doing with everything else. Is similar to what happened in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where they yeah, kind of were just like, we're going to dip our toe, but we're not going to go there. You know? Fury's objection is not one of like, hey, man, y'all can't take over the fucking world. What, what's wrong with you? It's one of like, you know, humans can't coexist because of, you know, look how racism affects us. Like, that's not the same point, Nick. It there's It's okay to just say, no, you can't take over our planet. Yeah, Yeah. and and, and the thing too is that like, no, yeah, it's it's frustrating because it didn't always used to be this way. In that like, big blockbusters used to be about actual politics and take political stances all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. and even if they're metaphorical, like the thing I love when people like say like they're making Star Wars political. Ask uh, George (laughs) Lucas who the Empire is supposed to be and who the Rebels are supposed to be. I'll give you a hint: the Rebels are the Viet Cong. But um, so it's not like it's it's just. You can make a very compelling story. I understand what you're saying, Rod, about them not yeah. wanting people to be offended. And I think that that is what would happen because the world's annoying. But I right. think that there is a very interesting story to be told of like, oh, if there are refugees and you keep putting off the day that they actually can assimilate for years and years and years and years, you built this problem. The fact that they don't acknowledge it. And I think I might try to at the end, like they'll probably do like a hand waving at it. But like yeah. the reason why Gravik exists and the reason why Gravik wants to kill people is because Nick Fury did not deliver on his promise. That is yes. the thing. And unfortunately in the real world, there are a lot of people in oppressed populations who are being mistreated. And sometimes they do horrible things because they're under people's thumbs. Like that is a real yeah, thing yeah. that happens. 
And so I just hate the fact that they're acting like this problem sprung up out of nowhere. It has nothing to do with the fact that Nick Fury's been yanking their chain and delaying their freedom for years. No, rather it's just a uniquely crazy guy. It's like, no, it's because. And and keep in mind, like this, Mm -hmm. this is uh, this Marvel Cinematic Universe. In Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they didn't have a problem talking about this. Like that was a big thing. All these people got the place because they lost their homes uh and 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 and, and uh, then the blip comes back and all this, everyone comes back from the blip and it's like where are these people going to go and they clearly like delineated a straight line to like and that's how you get terrorists out of people that aren't See, like they I didn't come the to the terrorists. Though, I think the difference is that the people that were preventing like reassimilation were made out to seem so like faceless and nameless that yeah. we don't identify them. The problem is the politics of the people who would not let the scrolls assimilate are the majority politics of Americans. This is the problem. Yeah. Like right. Americans yeah, don't also, like refugees. Like, I mean, in, case, mm-hmm. in this case, it's because Nick was asleep at the wheel. Exactly. So it yeah. immediately makes him like the bad guy to a, to a group of people. We would have to be sympathetic and to. And, and I don't think they so want to do that. I don't want to make sure AC. Cause AC yeah, that is right. God, God damn it. That's right. This is my weekly reminder to everybody that Carol Danvers said, I'll be right back and never came back. Man, she really did go get some cigarettes. <laughs> and showed, saying, up, and showed up in Endgame. She, she, she got some cigarettes and came back in Endgame like, hey, what's, what's going on, everybody? Remember me? <laughs> Who wants to go to the theme park? For a hot minute and then rolled out again. Oh my god! For a hot minute, oh, let yep. me save y'all. It's gonna, the episode's going to end with the close up of the gift that Will got her. Uh, for they're going to go on that trip together. Um. <laughs> oh my god! But 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 yeah, man. I, I think all of those points are wonderful. Um, I did. Uh, I did want to talk about Fairy Talos because we we yeah. we touched on it earlier about their their bond and stuff like that. It was fun uh, hearing Talos. Uh, Rip Fury and essentially call him overrated. Basically, he KD without Steph. It was it was it was a lot. It was it was a lot. I I, I was enjoying that. I didn't even know how to feel about that because, like, literally a week ago, I was cheering on Fury, talking to Don Cheadle about like, listen, as black men, we know how hard it is. These mediocre white men taking credit for everything we did, the hard work. I'm like, damn, yeah, black people, we do be working hard. And then this week, Talos is like, actually, the scrolls did that work. And I'm like, fuck, really, Fury? Oh, well, now that, that reframes everything you said to uh, Rhodey. Our boy looking shaky out here. Oh, man. my God. Oh, man. I, I hate to see it, bro. I, did, I didn't think we were going to go. The, the Fury agenda is, is we're taking some hits right now. <laughs> it's, it's a little rough because he even, I mean, he even had to capitulate as far as the whole, like, I need your help. Please, oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I like low key. I I really want to see if if there's any scenes where Fury was a scroll. I need to see that because maybe that can explain mm. some of the inconsistency to me. Because sometimes he is like, bro, stand it, up for ro- yourself. Go rotted, for, like rotted. It has crossed my mind. It, no, it yeah. has crossed my mind. I think to the point of the question that I posed earlier, why haven't we got an explanation why right. the hell he's been up there so long? Right. Because that's another me... thing with Fury. He yeah. don't have to be right to win an argument. So he right. could just pull rank on Talos at any freaking time and be like, uh-uh, buddy. I'm Nick Fury, okay? <laughs> when I'm out, I'm in. You're not going to talk to me like this. But he really, he really was yeah. just taking it this week, and I was like, 
Is this even Nick Fury? Yeah, Who is this guy? Lot. He took a lot. A lot. Yeah, like he the fact that he took all that from Kalos and it wasn't like Oh, and so who was the one who was coordinating these eight, whatever so spies? Like, yeah, you help me, but obviously, you're bo-. like, there are arguments you could respond to. And I think he was kind of just like, it's almost like the thought never crossed his mind, which is like, in that case, he is just a dick. Like, like how do you not realize? Like, like, if you got spies out there risking their lives and you've never considered that you owe them a debt, like that's fucked up. I'm not gonna lie. Right. Oh man, dude. I, like the one thing that's been consistent that I have dude. really enjoyed is him being washed. Yes. Um, like it's really just been a through line to, to every, almost every scene he's in is just like, man, this dude is not at the peak of this ain't Nick Fury with the trench coat. You know what I mean? This is a different Nick Fury right now. And it's cooked. But sometimes yeah. he's so cooked that I'm just like, is this even Nick Fury? <laughs> yeah. Cause no, he really, he's re, he really struggling out here, man. It's like, you, you see it in this episode. You've seen it throughout the series. Every character that he interacts with is cooking him. His wife is cooking him too. Dog, Talk about, when, I, be, first, I became my, I became myself did the whole, now, I will say yeah. her in slander first, of poached eggs is dumb. Poached eggs are great. That was just, that was too much. <laughs> the first, in the first episode after like, yeah. Uh, Maria gets shot and they like literally put him in the van like an old man you know I'm just like oh <laughs> Nick come on bro like I need you to get on them elderberries or something Yo, he is pretty... an old man though he, that's the thing he is an old man I know like... but I can't I can't take it I can't oh, take man. it Nate. yo I, when he was following Gravik in that first episode he had the the Facial expression was just my favorite part of it. He really looked like I said it on Twitter. He said he looked like he left the stove on. He looks right. so confused. He like, looks what so is confused right now. They got to salvage this in episode six with some type of retcon of like, oh, I was just acting stupid, guys. I'm still Nick Fury because I don't know, man. This is like they might have to retire this character. You know damn well he's so mad that this is all going on in Europe because he's like these damn cobblestone streets on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> It's too rainy in London. The barometric pressure on these knees. Oh man, yeah, man. That, nah, he has that scene with Rhodey, and then he got to take a seat outside and almost lies down on right. that bench. I'm just like, yo, dog, what is going on, me? Nick? Oh man, like I'm just waiting on him to be like, my arthritis acting up. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. Just like once I, I got to gear up. It's like, oh, you got a weapon? No, I got to switch up my orthotics. <laughs> yeah, hold on a sec. You got some icy hot. <laughs> everyone's putting on like armor he's putting on icy hot on his on his mm. joints and shit like i don't know man. nick fury is taking a hit man oh man yeah. okay so before we wrap up this episode i do have to say going back to the the scene that ends the episode as we see uh vara go get the get the safety deposit box in the gun why is there one singular what's so special about this gun that it needs to be in the safety deposit box mm. Don't get it. Great question. I will say the thought I had during that is I need to get a safety deposit box just so I can just put some bullshit just in there. So just so I can have the thing with the cool. dude. Ah, my wife and I were talking about yeah, that, and yeah. it's like, yo, that would be really cool. Just I to didn't have know you could put a gun else. in a safety deposit box. I, think you can, I honestly think you can put anything in a safety deposit box, especially in like, I mean, in a Swiss bank, you can put a person in a safety deposit box. You know, like you can do yeah. anything. But um, that just feels not smart on a bank's part. But like, you know, it, really depends, it really depends on what bank it is. If it's like a very prestigious, like wealthy people bank, a gun is hardly the worst thing that's there. With more like, money, 
I don't know. It just I don't know. It just feels like a loophole of some kind. Maybe it's I guess, just we live in America. I guess for me, and, I'm just I'm always yeah. just thinking of Inside Man, which is of course uh an incredible yeah. movie. And just like what's what's worse for a bank to have in a safety deposit box a gun or like nazi gold so like i think that a gun is not that bad you can, there's some worse things in that bank probably I just, like i just feel like is a loophole because you can use the gun to get the nazi gold you know like it just that's feels true. like the cheat code that's, that the bank is obviously overlooking now look i don't i'm not rich enough to know about safety deposit boxes mm-hmm. so if it's like that it's like that but yeah when she pulled out the gun, I was like, is the gun made of, is it made of Nazi gold? Like, what is the point? I mean, I know Jason Bourne has a bunch of guns mm-hmm. in his safety deposit box in the one yeah. area um, with a bunch of passports. But like, you couldn't just keep one in the, like, <clears throat> glove compartment? That just, I don't know. Feels like an extra trip. Yeah, yeah I feel like make. you're doing a lot just for for, for a singular Yeah, gun it better boy. be some I, scroll bullets in there. I, mean, I really hope. I really hope John Morant doesn't see this because he's going to get an idea, you know? <laughs> John Morant's going to keep a gun that's a lighter in there. It's uh, not even a real gun. Uh, I just like but, to light my cigarettes. To, to answer your question, AC, I yes. think there's probably something special about it. I don't know. Maybe it's just a special type of rounds. I doubt it. If it is just a gun, then, like, what are we doing here? Uh, right. Very much what are we doing here, if that's the yeah. case. Yeah. So like weird. there's like uh, there's especially given that Nick Fury, it's not like she needs to hide a gun from Nick. Nick hasn't been around for ten years, so it's like right. it's you know. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine there's something special about it. I, I doubt that it's just uh, a gun. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I could I could touch on it again before we wrap, but um, yeah. So the the call and mm-hmm. we hear Rhodey on the phone. It's it, it it at least makes me wonder, you know, how they follow that up next week. It'll be intriguing to see. But uh, Rod, I will ask you, what are you l- most looking forward to getting some answers on? Is there a, sp- a particular mm-hmm. moment? We didn't touch a lot on the Super Scroll thing, which I mm-hmm. feel like I think that will be more of a finale thing because my personal opinion is I think Gaia will Gaia has powers and she mm-hmm. will fight Gravik in the last episode. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't think that's another reason the cliffhanger doesn't work is that I don't think anyone thinks Gaia's dead. Yeah. So, so like it's one like, of those like I guess they've paid overpaid oh they've paid overqualified actors for small roles plenty in Marvel but not that much not like, that, that yeah much. nah you don't go get the Khaleesi to die in episode three and we don't see her again you know um and and even yeah I I just could see a lot of this stuff um like being shifting by the end but yeah you you kind of touched on what the main thing I want to see because as I said it's a bit taxing. With the shape shifting and anyone can be anyone thing, my brain isn't over. I, let's go to the simple thing. I want to see some super scrolls. Okay, yeah. I want to see. I, I want to see Gravik pull out like all the Fantastic Four powers, even though the Fantastic Four don't is you know haven't been introduced to this universe. I want to see that, and I want to see like a fight, you know. And I I hope they bring in like an Avenger level character that can like at least put up a fight with them because. Right now, if it's Wash Nick Fury taking on Gravik with Listen. Super, it's not gonna happen. Like he's gonna have to cheat, mm. and I don't know how he's gonna win. But old man strip ain't gonna be enough. They gonna they need some super. They need some superpowers up in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there ain't no way that ref gonna call. Gonna make that three count. No low blow or no. no <laughs> he's gonna be over the there warming up his knees, victory. stretching, and then <laughs> Gravik's gonna be killing people. I need him to 
We need some Ain't help no right way. now. Call in Captain Marvel. I don't know. <laughs> Ain't no way, man. But uh, but but uh, but that's Jay. how it ends. Episode six. Captain Marvel's like, I told you I'd be back. <laughs> Thirty years later, I told y'all. Stop playing with me. <laughs> Jake, what are you most looking forward to? I mean, I'm just looking next? forward to yeah. the um like I, I I felt I think you guys were right when we talked about the nuclear submarine thing just being a holding pattern because like Oh my god. Let's they just, try let, to make sense out of that. It let's just, just like, try to like why bother having a scene where like I don't know one nuclear submarine might blow up one plane? Like let's have the tension of having a new an actual like nuclear war situation. Like that's what's fun. Like that's that's what I said I wanted out of this. I think that that, you know, um, say what you will about nuclear weapons. They're very bad. But you know what they're really, really good at is adding tension to stories. <laughs> and so, like, let's just do it. Like, let's, ha- let's have Olivia Coleman going fucking ham on the acting, trying to, like, deal with the Russians and, you know, Rhodey trying to do something. Like, I want to see Grease right after us being basically a nuclear war drama. And, yeah, there can be some scroll stuff or whatever. But, yeah, let's, why not? We, we have the opportunity. Let's do it. We forgot and, to mention Olivia yeah. Coleman, by the yeah, way. Yeah, well, she's barely in the episode. Yeah, yeah. she's in there for but like a hot second. Yeah, I would like to give credit to whoever wrote that scene. That's what I want. That was so straightforward. She was, he was like, I need this information. She's like, yeah, I'll send it to you. You'll follow. And then it was there in the next scene. I was like, more of that. Less of dragging on stuff I don't like. Let's move the plot along, she's, guys. She's a pro. She's a pro. Yeah. That yeah, was man. so good. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Like, I, again, I, I said it last week, but the efficiency is just off the charts with her. She's, she's a beast, like, dog. That torture scene, like, she, more of her, please. I Honestly, yeah. that's the character I'm more interested in seeing get screen yeah, she's great. I mean, when, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in seeing Olivia Coleman in anything, but, like, I think yeah. that she's just, more, she's definitely having fun, which is a thing you can't say about a lot of these characters. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. I think the thing for me, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, we haven't seen President Ritson since the first episode. And pretty clearly, something needs to happen with that to get to uh, our eventual President Ross. So mm-hmm. for in order for that to happen, there has to be something significant that takes place over the next three episodes. So that's... My eye is on is on that situation, of course, with Rhodes. And, and again, Fury, tell me why the hell you've been up there so long. It'd be nice to know. Just a little yeah. bit, please, if you could. But um, but this guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, Rod, Rod, thank you for joining us once again. Thanks for having me, man. I, I really great. love coming out here. This is so fun. Oh, it, we love having you. We love having you. Yeah, like, hey, Rod, I got a text from AC on Saturday that was like, "Hey, do you want to see if Rod wants to come on?" And it's like, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, I asked him at three a.m. last week." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, we're both thinking the same thing. We're thinking the same thing, man. Awesome, yeah, man. man. Yeah, no, most definitely, Rada. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, tell us where we can find your work. Tell us where we yeah. can follow you, man. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, The Black Guy Who Tips is my podcast. It's a comedy podcast I do with my wife uh, five days a week, typically. Uh, and um, you can find me on Twitter as long as, you know, the rate limit is not exceeded. Uh, Rodham is prime. And, um, you know, uh, uh, and then if you want to stream Game Theory on HBO Max, I write for, or I wrote for Game Theory. We actually found out that uh, we're not getting brought back for season three. Shout out to 
Zasloff. Uh, but, we'll, but but still, you can check out the work that we did with uh, that I did with Bomani Jones yes. there. So uh, thank you all for having me. Sure. That no, nah, and it was great work. It yeah, was great you. work. That show was awesome. Mm-hmm. That you yeah. guys did. Yeah, I'm great proud work. of you. Yeah, your tweets you about be it have been good because I think yes. that people who don't know anything about TV think that like a, a TV show getting canceled is almost as unrelated to its quality as like the temperature in Timbuktu is to the price yeah. of a water bottle in New York. Like as almost like yeah. truly. Yeah, literally nothing. Nothing we could have done to mess like. We did everything we could to make it work, and there's literally nothing we could have done yeah. that would make it get renewed. It's yeah, some dude yeah they're just they're reorganizing the company in a way that's bad. But I said that you yeah. didn't say that as a first exactly. like, Yeah, I didn't yes. say that, but yeah, I said check that. out Max. Yes, 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 sir. <laughs> check out Max. Yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, Jake, how about you, sir? Where can we follow you? You can find follow you? me on Twitter at the J Christie. What is that? You can now follow me on uh, the Blue Sky app, which I got an invite to at J Christie. I'm so happy. Oh, nice. I'm not, I did thread and it sucks. I hate it. Uh, algorithmic timelines are for the birds. I don't use Instagram that much for this reason. Um, mm-hmm. But this guy is fun so, thus far. I'd invite uh, you to spill, but I don't know if white people no. are allowed to come there yet. No, 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 so. no. I, oh, you I, can come <laughs> in and invite Ron. AC, I, I got you, bro. You throw, can, throw AC I'll, in and invite. I, I, I know my place. I'm not. I, you know, <laughs> I you think know. I get kicked out if I let you in. So Yeah, I'm not <laughs> trying to do that to you. Uh, I would never, um, but yeah. So a you know, Wonder Bread, Jake Christie showing up. Oh yeah, I, exactly. Christ. It's like <laughs> I'm not like even if we were going to try to bend the rules for someone, like I am not the person. Like I'll stick out, you know. Like I can't. Um, yeah, like. Like, oh, oh my everyone, God. let's have one's first, fav, uh, first concert, and then I say Radiohead, and then Rod gets kicked off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be looking at me like i'm brody <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah I, i'm not i'm not trying to do that i'm not trying to blow up anyone's spot so um right. so anyway you can also listen to my other podcast love at first psych where we talk about the usa network original series psych uh we're in season three right now excited to recording an episode later tonight about an episode i like a lot so i'm excited about that and yeah ac is gonna share all the information about stuff related to this show Yes, yes. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. I am on threads, Poet AC 9586. And the show is actually on there, MC University Pod. So you'll be seeing some stuff on there if you're on threads. And of course, uh, of course, the show on Twitter, MC University Pod. Uh, and of course, uh, we have the Patreon, patreon.com slash MC University Pod, where you could get all of our latest content, our extra content. Uh, we had the Fast and Furious 5 Woo! drop this week. Uh, a, a fun episode to do, fun movie to talk about. Looking yeah. forward to recording for Fast 6 yeah. uh, later this month. That should be fun. Uh, we have other things like the subscriber mailback, which as a reminder, we got to get to yeah, that. Yeah, we got to get. Just tell me when you're available. You know me. I, yes, yes. We, well, it's, we, it's always a you question. No, not, not, but it is. <laughs> yes, it's not, but it is. But we will most <laughs> definitely will get to that because there's actually a lot of great questions in there. Shout Truly. out to the Discord as as always. They really do bring it. Yep. Appreciate everybody yep. for supporting. And, and just people, $3 a month. $3 a month. Yeah, $3 great. a month just to get in the Discord. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'd love to get us to 100 subscribers right now. We have 62. So we're, just, we're, we're yeah. kind of starting. We want to build that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, keep subscribing to that and uh, showing us love. Five-star the podcast on all platforms. Appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate you guys supporting. 
And for Rod and Jake, I'm Anthony Kanzon III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>